Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our morning service. The book of Genesis and its chapter 5 that I would like to look at. Genesis chapter 5, and I will read the chapter for you. Beginning with verse 1, this is the book of generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were eight hundred years and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 800 years and seven years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 800 years, 815 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And Canaan lived 70 years, and begat Mahalaleel. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalaleel 840 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. And Mahalaleel lived 60 and 5 years, and begat Jared. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were 890 and five years, and he died. And Jared lived 160 and two years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Methuselah lived an hundred Eighty and seven years and begat Lamech. Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech seven hundred eighty and two years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were nine hundred sixty and nine years and he died. Lamech lived an hundred eighty and two years and begat a son, called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah five hundred ninety and five years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were seven hundred seventy and seven years, and he died. And Noah was five hundred years old. And Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence again. Oh, Lord, what a privilege it is. What, Lord, rejoicing it ought to be in our hearts that we come into the house of the Lord this morning to praise you, to worship you, 
to give you honor and glory. O Lord, to acknowledge that you are God, creator of all things, provider. And Lord, we thank you for your great love and mercy towards us in sending the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth to die for our sins that we might have life eternal. As we come this morning, O Lord, we pray that you would prepare our hearts. How we need you, O Lord, to awaken us to the truth of your word. There's so much for us to learn. And Lord, that directs us to Jesus, the Savior. Lord, we pray for every head bowed in your presence this morning. You know the needs of our hearts. You know what is best for us. So, Lord, how we pray that you would give strength, that you would give wisdom, that you would give comfort, that you would give guidance day by day. Oh, Lord, how we need thee every hour. We pray for those who have gone through trials and, and struggles and, Lord, physical pains and just pray your loving arms around them. We pray as well for those who are... Uh, Homebound, Lord, they, they, they are unable to be out with us any longer. And we just pray that they might know the comfort of a God who is near. and Know that the everlasting arms are underneath, carrying. Lord, we pray as well for our missionaries. And Lord, pray for them where they are. We have the privilege of helping a few, but there are so many throughout the world that need your guiding hand even today where they are. Oh, Lord, make them a blessing, we pray. Strengthen them, encourage them, and help us not to forget to pray for these, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who labor in your name. Lord, we ask that you would bless our time now together. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Wasn't that a worrisome time there, that pause when the ushers couldn't find the offering place? I saw Carrie looking around for Braden's hat, but I couldn't see that either. But I'm glad solved indeed. Again, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we... Again, seek your guidance as we look into your word this morning. Oh, how we pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us to understand it. And in understanding, we apply it to our lives. And in applying it to our lives, we grow in our Christian walk. Lord, to be the servants you would desire us to be. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like you to turn back with me to uh, Genesis chapter 5. What we've read this morning. We have here accounts of several generations of patriarchs without anything remarkable or any variation but simply a record of names and numbers or ages. 
Remember, a patriarch is the founder of a tribe, especially those whose lives were recorded in Scripture previous to the time of Moses. And we find it applied as well to Abraham in Hebrews 7, verse 4. But by and by, there comes one name that must not be passed over as easily. It is the name that shines like a neon light because of its different description. And that you'll find in our scripture text this morning, Genesis 5, verses 21 to 24. Genesis 5, 21 to 24, and I'll reread. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, we have a chart here this morning, and some of you have probably already looked at it. There's a lot of information on it, indeed. But what we have to see, uh, looking at starting with Adam up here and going down, we see that Enoch was the seventh from Adam. So you can look and see that there's Adam, Seth, Enos, Canaan, Mahalaleel, Jared, and Enoch. Seven from Adam. And you also see uh, how long they lived. I don't know if you can see all those years at the top. We have noticed here the flood, when the flood came. And you can see their lifespan at this side here. Just things to uh, notice. Uh, if you notice Enoch and when he lived, we notice that this man Enoch would have lived when these men were alive, and might he have been able to talk to Adam? They lived at the same time, and others as well. So it's interesting, when we think of this man, Enoch, how long he lived, and so on. Now, Enoch, in the Old Testament, Hebrew language, means dedicated, trained, and disciplined. Enoch. Now the rest of the men we suppose were virtuous men, but Enoch excelled them all and was the brightest shining star of that patriarchal age. There's only a little that is recorded concerning him, but that little bit is enough to make his name great. His name is greater than the other Enoch who had a city named after him. You'd see that in Genesis 4, verse 17. That was Cain's son, Enoch. But I would like to look at part of this passage. It's a statement that is made twice in what we read. Once in verse 22, which says that Enoch Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. But it's repeated as well in verse 24. And Enoch walked with God. The statement caused me to wonder, 
if there were others who walked with God. And found in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, says that Noah walked with God. And I found that the same is implied in Abraham, of Abraham, in Genesis chapter 24, verse 40. Much more is written about Noah and Abraham, but of Enoch, we have the four verses in Genesis 5. We have his name included in the genealogy of Christ in Luke 3. One verse in Hebrews and one verse in the book of Jude. That's a total of seven verses for Enoch. Of Enoch, God's word tells us in Genesis 5 verse 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And Hebrews 11 verse 5 says that God translated or transferred is said as well in some other places, other translation. Enoch, he translated or transferred Enoch so that he went to heaven without dying. See, Enoch, Enoch rather, was gloriously removed to a, a better world. He did not live like the rest of humanity, so he did not die like the rest either. In looking at this phrase, Enoch walked with God, let's begin by reading it, putting the emphasis on the word God. Since Enoch walked with God, he must have had a reason. So we ask, who is this God? that Enoch knew. Well, he is the God of creation. The God of creation. Enoch would know that perhaps, that even perhaps he had heard, as we said earlier, something about creation from Adam. Who knows? Because we see where Adam was. We see that Enoch lived during that time. Word gets around. You'll notice that as these references appear on the screen, for those who are using the Pew Bibles, uh, the reference is there, the page number is there. And for those who are using your own, well, we'll have the, the scripture reference. See, he realized the meaning of the verses in Psalm 19, verse 1. Psalm 19, verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Or in Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. See, Enoch knew what to answer. Those who said that God didn't create all things. He was more like the little girl who was able to explain with assurance that God is creator. See, the little girl came home one day very frustrated because her teacher had told the class that the moon was made out of cheese. She asked her father, the moon isn't made of cheese, is it, Dad? And her father told her that he would read the passage with her that evening in Genesis chapter 1. But meanwhile, she should just look up and read Genesis chapter 1. However, her father didn't have time that evening to spend the time with his little girl. The next day after school, he was anxious to hear what she had said, what she told the teacher. 
And she told her father. She said, I told her the moon couldn't possibly be made of cheese because God created the moon on the fourth day. And he created the cows on the sixth day. <laughs> Therefore, there was no cheese. <laughs> Enoch knew that God created all things. Who is this God that Enoch knew? Secondly, the same God is the one who sustains and cares for his creation. As we read in Psalm 121, verse 2, My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Enoch knew the true meaning of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And he trusted in God for all his needs, knowing that God is always there. He was trusting in him, looking to God for protection. That's what Enoch knew. However, thirdly, he also knew that this great God would judge. He would judge. He knew of coming judgment. And when we look at Jude, the book of Jude, verses 14 and 15 in the book of Jude, we read there, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. See, Enoch even named his son Methuselah. Methuselah which means judgment is coming. Methuselah lived longer than anyone else, and we see that here. He lived longer than anyone else as a testimony to God's grace and judgment to come. Methuselah's, Methuselah's very name stood as a testimony to the people of that day. Judgment did not come upon the earth. Rather, judge did come upon the earth, as we see in the flood. God had been gracious in warning of coming judgment. Enoch's walk with God took place when Methuselah was born, according to verse 22 that we read. His life seems to have changed radically then. And you say, why? But could it be? that God gave him a special revelation of the coming judgment unless he and his fellow citizens repented. It's interesting, again, uh, to visualize something in the chart here. We're told in Genesis 5.27 that Methuselah lived 969 years. He lived 960, and Enoch's son, we're told, Methuselah, died the same year as the flood came. And you, you can see that. We don't know if Methuselah died in the flood or just that year the flood came. We're not sure of that. We don't know. But Enoch gave 
the message that God will judge, even in the way he named his son. Now, think about it. For 969 years, don't, don't use the word Methuselah. Call him now. He's with the others. And you call his name? What? Judgment is coming. And a little bit later, judgment is coming. And, uh, you know, in school, judgment is coming. And for 969 years, do you get it? That's God's grace. Even in, in Enoch, naming his son Methuselah. It's interesting to note that some scholars give even more precise meaning of the name Methuselah. And they range from man of the weapon to when he is dead. That is, judgment is coming. He is a God who judges. A New Testament verse that confirms this is found in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 10. There are two verses there. Hebrews 10 verses 30 and 31. We read, For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongs unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. In verse 31, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Enoch knew the God who is the creator, the God who, is, who sustains and cares for all his creation and that he is the God who judges. Fourthly, he is the God of salvation. He is the God of salvation. Enoch is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, as having faith that pleased God. We read there in Hebrews 11, verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. That ought to remind us of the well-known verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Enoch had that faith, that kind of faith. Not only does he provide salvation, but he keeps us so that we can be sure of his promised inheritance, as Peter says in 1 Peter 1 verse 5, about those who belong to the Lord, saying, who are kept by the power of God through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Who is this God that Enoch knew? We have seen that he is creator, sustainer, judge, and one who provides salvation. So let's go back now and reread the statement uh, that we started with, putting the emphasis now on the word with God. Genesis 5, verses 22 and 24, Enoch walked 
with God. Notice that it didn't say, it doesn't say that he went ahead of God, but rather with God. Unlike Peter, for example, when he took it upon himself to cut off the high priest's servant's ear, this was not God's plan, and Peter found that out by going ahead of God and was rebuked for doing so. Think of Mary, who tried to rush God's plan at the wedding of Cana, and Jesus had to remind her that his hour had not yet come. Also, in contrast, we think of John, who followed Jesus afar off when Jesus was taken from the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't stand and be associated with Christ, but rather stayed behind, not willing to be identified with him. Enoch walked with God, not in front of him or behind him. He didn't try to rush God. He didn't go before God, as is told of the missionary, who after hiring a guide to lead him up a dangerous mountain, went ahead on his own, thinking he knew the way well enough. And going on his way, very confident, he ran into fog, so thick that he couldn't see where he was going. The guide reached him, told him to walk with him. The guide walked confidently ahead, and a while later the missionary, who was far behind, cried out for help. The guide came back to him and told him to look down at his feet, put his feet into his footprints. One step at a time is all you need to see. And the missionary made it up the hill safely, walking with the guide in his footprints, step one step at a time. True walking with the Lord Jesus Christ is walking where he leads us. Psalm 119, verse 105, makes it clear, saying, Remember, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's doing his will, isn't it? It's doing his will. Jesus speaking in John 14, verse 21. John 14, verse 21. He says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Enoch didn't insist that God walk with him, but he walked with God because he loved God. Enoch loved God and walked with God. Once again, we see Enoch did not rush ahead of God, nor did he lack behind. He walked right along with God. So now let's look again at our statement in Genesis 5. This time we'll put the emphasis on the word walked. Enoch walked with God. There are many meanings of the word walked in the Hebrew language, but the one chosen here indicates to go on habitually, a daily continued walk. Enoch went on habitually with God day by day. As a matter of fact, the original Hebrew meaning for walked, it implies that 
Enoch went up and down, in and out, to and fro, arm in arm with God. He was continually conversing with God and growing closer to him. The Lord was his very life, so much so that at the end of his life, he did not die. God took him to heaven. What I want to emphasize here is that Enoch didn't sit still and expect God to do all the work. When I was working as a resource person for the Board of Education, I had some teachers that seemed to want everything given to them. Everything had to be done and packaged for them, you might say. Sometimes we call these people those who need to be spoon-fed. They just can't get at it and work things out for themselves. They sit and wait until the planning is done and given to them. Enoch, however, wasn't like that. He was up walking with God. Some people have the attitude that if you sit long enough, someone will do the job for you. Notice, too, that Enoch didn't walk in places where he shouldn't have been. How do we know that? How do we know that Enoch didn't walk in places he shouldn't have been? Enoch walked with God. And remember, God doesn't lead us into places where he doesn't want us to go. Psalm, one, Psalm 23, rather, says he leads in paths of righteousness for his own namesake. So as we walk in righteousness, God's name is glorified. Blessed is the man, Psalm 1, verse 1 says, that walks, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And also notice that Enoch walked. He did not run. God's timing is perfect. And when we walk with him, we shouldn't try to rush ahead of his plan. He knows what is best for us. We sometimes pray for someone's salvation or someone's healing or marriage or employment. Some will even say, I'll pray that by next summer, so-and-so will be saved. And you know, it's not necessarily bad, but it may not be God's plan. And by next summer, we may very well be disappointed when so-and-so has not yet come to be God's child. That's when we realize that we try to run ahead of God, not walk with him. We need to remember, if the Lord will, as James 4, verse 15 reminds us, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. We know that God's timing is perfect. We must not run ahead of it or speed it up. And I'm thinking mechanics here will know what happens if the timing is too far advanced on your car. It will backfire. That's what will happen. If you retard it too much, it pings and knocks. It has to be just right to run smoothly. We tell a child crossing the street to look both ways and walk. Don't run across the street. 
If the child runs, he or she might fall and get hurt. And the same applies to our walk with God. I often think of that as we wait for the Lord God to guide us to a pastor for the Berean church. We need need to wait upon the Lord. As Isaiah 40, verse 31 tells us, He will renew our strength. We will mount up with wings as eagles. We will run and not be weary. We shall walk and not faint. Could almost sing that one, couldn't you? Enoch walked with God. Wouldn't you say that that involves movement? But a movement that must be in accordance with God's plan. On one occasion, Charles Spurgeon said of Enoch's walk with God this way, It was not merely thought of God, that he speculated about God, that he argued about God, that he read about God, that he talked about God. He walked with God, which is the practical and experimental part of true godliness. In his daily life, he realized that God was with him and he regarded him as a living God in whom he confided and by whom he was loved. End of quote. Now, Enoch lived thousands of years before the Lord Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. But by faith, he walked with God and pleased God. You and I have the whole of Scripture that tells us about God's love. Have you trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, as your personal Lord? Enoch did. Enoch walked with God. God translated Enoch, transferred him to heaven without dying to be an encouragement, an encouragement to other believers, both in his ungodly day and in our days as well. And God proved his promise and power to give eternal life. Enoch's life should stir us to press on to believe God more strongly than ever before and to stand fast. We need to take notice of the Apostle Paul's words. Notice how Paul often encourages us to live like Enoch. Since the Lord Jesus has conquered death, Paul urges us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, with these words. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And also his words in Galatians 6, verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And the last part of Philippians 1, verse 27, Stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. There's probably much more we could say regarding 
Enoch walking with God. But in conclusion, I would like to go again to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. There we read, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, here we have the New Testament elaborating on the Old Testament. How did Enoch achieve this relationship of pleasing God? By faith. By faith. Notice that verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because Enoch had this faith, he was able to walk with God. What is faith? The Amplified Version of Hebrews 11.1 1, puts it this way. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Did we take that in? Again, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Dr. Salk, S-A-L-K, was years looking for a vaccine against polio. Finally, the day came when he thought that he had discovered the substance of things hoped for, the cure for vaccine. But until he injected it, that substance, into his own arm, the, the arm of his wife and his family, he did not have the evidence that it worked, that it would work. Romans 10, verse 17 says, So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We, you and I, have the means, don't we? We have the word of God. It's available to us, but until the truth about our sin and our need of salvation is injected into us and salvation becomes a reality, we have no reason for hope until then. You and I need to take God at his word this morning. We all need to see and acknowledge our sinful nature, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
May we each one of us take God at his word, trust him in faith, then continue to grow by walking with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this time that we've had to think about it. Oh Lord, help us to know it even better in a greater way because of this example you gave us with Enoch who walked with God. And oh Lord, how it reminds us all that you are a merciful God. You tell us again and again that judgment is coming for the lost sinner who does not repent. Oh, but we thank you that you have provided a way. The Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, that whoever confesses him as Lord and Savior will have life, that life everlasting. Oh, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.